Welcome to the Your Money Counts podcast brought to you by Marquette Savings Bank. I'm Jenna. I will be your host for today's episode. Um, In today's episode, we're continuing our fraud series and we're going to be talking more about ransomware and phishing. Um, Before we dive into this uh, episode, we're going to do our Get to Know Your Banker segment. Uh, So if you could introduce yourself and tell us what your dream car is. Let's go with that. I'm Scott Schaefer. Uh, I'm Assistant Vice President at Marquette and Information Security Manager. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not a huge car guy. Um, well, you got to have one. But, but really? I, I, I'm a Jeep guy. I like. I have a okay. Jeep now. Um, they have a 2021 uh, Jeep Trackhawk, fast, one of the fastest SUVs. Of course. Zero to 16, like 3.2 seconds. But they start out at like 90,000. So oh, I yeah. figure that would be... At Might least not somewhat be. a dream car, not a typical <laughs> sports car. But. Yeah, no, not at all. I have to say, I don't know why I'm a fan of the Mini Cooper convertibles. <laughs> I don't know. They just, they're my vibe. Um, so we're going to get into some questions about uh, ransomware and fishing, and it's not fishing at the lake. It's a spelled with a PH, so it's a different kind of fishing. Um, so I know that everybody out there has probably heard the term ransomware, but what exactly does that mean? Can you tell us what it means? Ransomware is a malicious pay code sent from a bad actor or a hacker uh, mm-hmm. that is intended to encrypt data or a machine to become unusable for the, the victim. Mm-hmm. And then the hacker will use that to extort the victim for money. Um, so it's like a virus. Correct. It can come in different forms, phishing links. It can come through worms, uh, download attachments. Um, it's, it's, it's basically in layman terms, it locks the machine down to become unusable Um and then what this does is they want a ransom to give them their information or machine back. And we have to remember that it's always just not data. Um, some of this stuff is life-threatening. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen it happen in hospitals where they've uh, locked down patients' records. Uh, we've seen it happen with uh, they were controlling streetlights in a city. Oh, wow. Um, and I know I just read of one not too long ago that they were actually not allowing dispatch to reach out to ambulances. Oh, wow. So Um, this is very dangerous stuff. Very much. Very Very dangerous. And it's kind of um, interesting that it has very non-dangerous type vocabulary, fishing and worms, and it makes you think you're going to a lake, but it's (laughs) it's serious stuff. Um, So why should a consumer or small business owner need to be concerned with it? It sounds like it can really get into, you know, their systems and and mess with everything. For consumers, it's a risk because they would lose their machine. Um, mm-hmm. They most likely would have to get it wiped, not always, but possibly, and they would lose all their information they have on there. That would include family photos, tax documents if you have them on there, um, any kind of information that you have at all. Um, and even more so of a risk, which are becoming more and more dominant, is going after small businesses. Right. Small businesses' risk is it could lose their business. Um, even if they lose their data for as, as simple as a day, uh, they lose revenue for that day. Right. You also have the reputation risk that will they lose customers over this because, uh, you know, they do they lose faith in that business. Right. It could trip them up for a day and then that could domino effect into, you know, weeks, months, and even years, and then boom, business is closed. Right. And just on the outside looking in, and if a customer sees this and they're saying, what's going on here? I don't want my information with this company. They may ch- choose to leave even though their information wasn't at risk. And then they lose their business entirely. Yeah. Wow. Um, so if someone is targeted, what what should they do? If they are targeted and a victim, the first thing you have to do is completely unplug your machine off mm-hmm. the network and computer. Um, doing so stops it from spreading um, across the network and infecting any other machines. Uh, you also then want to unplug or disconnect any connected uh 
hardware you have uh, associated with it, mm-hmm. like including external hard drives, cameras, phones. Um, another thing people forget to do is a good step is uh, I try to tell people is take a picture of the ransomware note in case it goes away or it gets wiped or something happens. Um, for a police case, this could be very helpful right. um, if it does do enough damage that a police case is opened. Uh, and then you obviously want to contact your IT department or uh, a specialist that would know what they're doing. So, Scott, I've heard you mention uh, the term machines. A machine, I guess, is a, a more general term. I guess I should have mentioned uh, your PC or your your computer, your laptop, your desktop, anything like that. So we talked about some things you should do. What are some things you should not do? The first thing is panic. Um, I know it's a lot easier said than done. Um, obviously, when you see a note like your files are encrypted, you must pay us $1,000 to get it back, you're going to panic. Right. Um, but again, you obviously don't want to leave your machine plugged in. That's the first thing you have to remember is to unplug your machine. The The hot topic right now is the FBI and a lot of the experts still say and always began saying, do not pay the ransom. Okay. By paying the ransom, um, it affects a couple of things. Number one, you've, you're out the money and you're not guaranteed to get that information back. It has happened where people have paid a ransom and They've just gone on their way. Right. Um, the other is like FBI states paying the ransom um, helps them. Seems like it'll help them fund the next scam. Well, help yeah, <laughs> exactly. Help them fund the next scam as well as it encourages them to go after other victims because right. it worked in the first time. So FBI, as far as I, that's what I'm going off of. Um, there, Like I said, there have been, we've seen in the news, bigger companies pay the ransom for their information. They have gotten it back in cases. Some have not gotten it back in cases. So it's really a coin flip. But as of the FBI, they, they do not recommend to pay it. Yeah, and what the FBI says probably should do, right? right. <laughs> um, so we've been hearing um, this word ransomware a lot in this conversation. Um, so what what is it about ransomware that seems to be um, an ongoing trend? Why is it such a hot topic right now? Uh, ransomware has been around for a little while, but it's really picked up recently. Okay. Um, one of that thing is because, like we just talked about, is people are paying the ransom. It's encouraging them to go after more. They're going after – it started with the consumer. It's moving more towards businesses because they'd rather go after the big fish than a few hundred dollars. They can get tens of thousands of dollars from a business. So that's why it's really picked up because they've been able to get inside of these businesses. Um, but they still start at consumers. Um, so I'm not saying not to be aware as a right. consumer. Um, the other thing is obviously uh, with the pandemic going on. Yes. Um, they've taken big advantage of the pandemic. Um, I read the other day from the FBI again uh, that it uh, was up 300% from last year. Wow. Uh, all through the pandemic. Um, a lot of them focusing on scams and stuff affecting, you know, COVID shots, uh, the World Health Organization, um, people just believing it because they want the information. They didn't know what was going on in the world. They're trying to figure it out. Right. Um, and they took advantage, of, full-blown advantage of that and really ran with it. And I think that's why we've really seen it skyrocket. Wow. And simply because it's working. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's, um, you know, sitting at home trying to, you know, gather what information they can throughout throughout the pandemic. And it, you know, you don't know what's coming from a credible news source and what's not. So it, it seems like it's easier to fall victim to, exactly. you know, all of this at that the time right now. Right. So that, and, that makes it extra scary. Exactly. And tying in with a pandemic, um, with so many people working from home, mm-hmm. um, it kind of threw businesses, you know, to the lines then, you know, you have to learn how to do this quickly. Um, so they, they did what they could to have it work. And maybe they left some holes open that they 
they should have shut down right. um, or whatnot um, from and there. They, but they've definitely jumped on that opportunity. Yeah, and they, they just kind of got in there probably before the businesses knew how to protect themselves because, you know, at the beginning, we didn't know how long this was going to last. And right. then it just kind of kept going and going. Right. So, um, wow. Um, so what can you do to help yourself um, prevent a ransomware attack and to, or to be a target of ransomware? The, the first and foremost would be what we call cyber hygiene. Um, hmm, just That's an interesting term. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, it's just, uh, for lack of a better word, to use your common sense. Yeah. Um, when, you know, a lot of these ransomwares are delivered through phishing links, um, through other attempts of that kind of uh, social engineering. Um, so you really want to take your time. Don't click on links. Um, don't go, well, I shouldn't say don't click on any links, but don't click on any links you're not sure of. Right. Um, don't go to random websites. Don't uh, download random attachments. Um, you just have to really use your know-how and and take your time and review things before you do anything. Right, and be careful with your Google searches because not every link of right. a website is going to be legitimate. Right, and that was that was one of the biggest things with ransomware was so many different health organizations were being uh, copycatted to fake wow. websites, and they were getting there and getting information. People were logging in with their, you know, their socials to check their COVID records and everything else, and it kind of flew oh from there. Um, so that would be the first. Uh, the second would be obviously to run security on your computer, you know, anti-malware, antivirus. There's no one one thing that can stop. Uh, we like to say defense in depth, mm -hmm. meaning you have multiple layers uh, to protection. Um, so you have backup. If one fails, hopefully another one picks it up. So that would be another one. So essentially creating a cyber football team for yourself. Yeah, essentially. exactly. You want to start with your line. <laughs> We've heard the terms phishing, vishing, smishing, all the ishings. Um, so are they all the same? Are all three of those the same? No, they're not the same at all. Um, but they are the same technique, I guess I would say. Okay. Um, phishing would be, as we already talked about a little bit, a email that's... Uh, pretending to be someone else usually th that they can trust um, or else it's just a random email uh, with a bad link or a bad attachment in it, um, hoping that they get this person to click that link and give out information or personal information or documents or whatever it may be. Um, phishing is more of a broadcast, just like it sounds. Uh, they might send it to a thousand people. If they only get five people to respond, that's still a win for them. So that, that would be phishing. Vishing is the same way, but through voice. So they would call you pretending to be someone else, um, usually you know, a bank representative, um, a, a doctor's office, uh, just to name a couple, right. um, just to get you to trust them. And then they would try to fish information out of you over the phone. Mm -hmm. And then finally would be smishing, which is SMS, okay. um, where they would send you a text uh, with that information, hoping you follow a website to a bad website. Right. Um, or click a link or even just reply with that same type of information they wanted. Right. Yeah. I think we've all at this point gotten a text message on our phones from like, you know, 8256870. And then it's like all bunch of, um, you know, at symbols right. and, you know, yeah. and, you know, you don't want to click on those ones, especially, I'm assuming. So um, what can you do to protect yourself from falling for any of those? I know we talked about it a little bit before with, you know, phishing, but is there anything different between the vishing and the smishing that you would have to do to protect yourself from all of them? Really, it's just like if we go back to that cyber hygiene. You mm -hmm. really just have to take your time and review things. Does this make sense to you? That Would someone like this, would a bank be calling me asking me for my account number? No. No. Um, would, you know, my doctors be calling me asking me for my full social security? No. Um, so you just have to really take your time. Make sure it makes sense. Um, a big tactic they use 
uh, that gets a lot of people is what we call scareware, um, where they send you an email and they try to rush you into without thinking, portraying to be the FBI, portraying to be a police station. Um, IRS is a big one. Yeah. Um, if you're, you didn't pay your taxes this month, if you don't respond to this within 24 hours, there will be a subpoena for your arrest. They try to make you, before you have time to ask someone else, before you have time to react, they want you just to react for them instead right. of like follow up and figure out what's going on here. Right. And they could even be pretending to be someone that you know. If someone else's, you know, someone, a loved one, family member or friend's email gets hacked, they exactly. could be trying to be them or, you know, they could latch onto it. And, you know, what could they be doing? They could even be changing like one letter and you don't notice it because, you know, you're just used to looking at their email address and you just read it as you always do. Exactly. But it could be somebody else. Right. And I always say if it came from, you know, say my mom or something mm -hmm. um, or my wife and it was random out of the blue and it was just had like a link in it and I didn't expect anything and the link looked weird, obviously send them a text first or give them a call. Say, hey, did you send this to me? And right. then go from there. Um, yeah. Just don't randomly, just because like you said, just because it's a friend or a family member, um, assume it's safe because it's not right. always. So now you mentioned cyber hygiene. Um, now, what would be um, falling under that category? Would it be like creating strong passwords for yourself? We mentioned lining up the, um, you know, the different types of security to catch if one, you know, does fall. So, um, you know, going back to passwords, I know a lot of people have the tendency to use the same one for all of their things. And I'm assuming you don't recommend no, that. No, um, so what would be uh, an example of a strong password? Um, a strong password, again, yes, that does tie in right with cyber hygiene. That's, again, another defense in depth, um, another layer of protection for yourself. Um, remember, with the cyber hygiene, um, you have to remember when reviewing these types of things, if it's too good to be true, it usually is. And that's a lot, another thing a lot of people fall for. Um, but again, going back to the passwords, passwords are very uh, important. Like you already mentioned, do not recycle passwords. That's a very <laughs> common mistake people do. Um, that way, if they get one password, they can just go across your whole network, your online banking, your your email, your uh, you know your doctor's office. Go from right. there. Um, so you want to change your passwords. Don't have the same. There's great password managers out there that you can look up that store passwords for you, okay. so you don't have to remember them all. Okay. Um, you just have to remember the one to get in there. Now, would that be? Would there be apps out there that would do the same yeah. that are safe to download? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would do your research. Maybe ask a maybe ask an expert. I don't want to specifically name any right. certain uh, companies or anything, but I mean, there's definitely some great apps and and software pieces out there for this. Um, and then when creating this password, and 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 those apps also help create passwords. They'll auto generate passwords for you. Um, so that that's helpful for some that can't think of passwords. Yeah, well, I'm one of those. So <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely be utilizing that. And then also no pin codes that are just one, two, three, four, zero, zero, zero. Right, right. <laughs> no, no, nothing. Uh, a strong password you want to, even if they recommend, say, or four for pins, you know, if they recommend four-digit pin, six digits is okay. Just like eight characters, 12 digits is okay. Right. Um, you want to use all four character sets. That would be uppercase, lowercase, special character, and number. This will help any kind of password cracking. It breaks that up. You don't want to use any dictionary words. Okay. You want to break that up with changing a letter to a number or a symbol or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the best piece of advice I could use is make a phrase from a password. Okay. Um, and kind of break that down, something you can remember. That's good You just good want to, to make it strong as possible um, to try to defer um, anything from happening that way. All right. Awesome. Well, um, 
you know, before we wrap up, do you have any other um, tips or tricks that you'd like to throw out there for anyone that might be listening that's a little concerned? I wish I had a magic answer. There's no magic <laughs> answer to security. Um, there's just so much to do. There's so much going on. Um, it's never ending. It's just going stronger and stronger. Um, you just have to do what you can. Do everything we talked about, strong passwords, defense and death, antivirus. Keep your operating system up to date and all your software patching up to date. That's another one where vulnerabilities lie. Um, and another uh, one tip I didn't mention earlier that I think would be great is when possible, use two uh, multi-factor authentication. Okay. Um, and for if someone doesn't know what that is, that's the option that when you sign in there, they will also have to call or text you. So if someone had your password and signed in, uh, for instance, if you had my password and signed in, I would get a text message saying, like, you know, here's your code to enter. So you wouldn't get that code, so you wouldn't be able to enter it. Okay. So that's another layer of security. Okay, I knew what that was, but I didn't know that it was actually called multi-factor authentication. Okay, good to know. Um, all right, so if you want to be up to date on the latest local and national scams that are happening, you can visit Marquette's Fraud Protection Center on the website at marquettesavings.bank. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Your Money Counts podcast so you get the episodes when they are released. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Marquette Savings Bank, an equal housing lender, member FDIC. Thank you.